When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim, right here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast network and gave i don't know if you can see the vein <laughs> in my forehead right here from both excitement and surprise uh, the final four was definitely exciting loved watching it my voice is still recovering from mm-hmm. you know talking through the whole game and and having a blast with that but then also some portaling things that we will be discussing as well on this episode of courtside but you were at the final four actually and I know you've been talking about it a lot but how first of all how was that atmosphere with 18,000 screaming fans uh it was crazy I mean yeah I I think we we had an awesome uh fan base especially there on the on the second day with UConn and South Carolina because that was the most fans that were there um you know Stanford and uh, Louisville showed up they really did, but the, the team that shows up the most is UConn. Uh, I talked to a UConn fan, and one of them was like, oh, yeah, it's easier to plan when, we, when they've been here 14 straight years, which is the most UConn thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so when, when UConn fans say everyone hates us, like, remember, you bring it on yourselves. But um, <laughs> it, it was a blast. I had a, had a great time talking to UConn fans, South Carolina fans, the media that was there. Uh, it was great. It was a great time. And, the, and Minneapolis really showed out for um, yes. the tournament. You know, they, they, they put up every, it felt like, you know, this was the biggest event in town because it was. So everywhere you walked, everyone was like, oh, you're here for the women's tournament and all that. Um, right. So it was, it was a great time. I thought the stadium was hopping. Um, the games weren't like super, weren't great. 
I would say like they weren't classics, but they were good. And I think they, they had a lot of people going. And I think especially in the championship game, the celebration for South Carolina yeah. uh, was lit as, <laughs> uh, as I think my generation says, not the kids anymore. Yeah. Um, no. yeah so awesome. the, the atmosphere of the whole weekend was uh, lovely. And uh, my throat hurts from, from, uh, you know, being there. And my throat also hurts because as I mentioned on the podcast, while we were there, I forgot a coat. I got sick the first minute we were there. Um, so my throat, my throat was hurting and I have the sniffles, but I am back to a, well, I'm like 90, 95% now. Um, so zero. yeah, I, I play in a regular season game right now. That's, that's what I'd say. I play in a regular season game right now. Um, but yeah, no, it was lovely, lovely time in Minnesota. Um, can I tell one story that I didn't get to tell while we were in Minnesota? Yes. I okay, love so, stories. So this is the weirdest souvenir I've ever gotten. But before okay. I tell the story, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you're following us at her hoop stats. Make sure you're following us because our Twitter names, they just, it just popped up, just popped up right below us. Um, and make sure you're doing that because WNBA drafts on Monday, I will be again in New York and I will remember to bring a coat if I need to, to New York. Um, but back to, the, back to story time. Uh, so yes. I have this growler from the rock bottom brewery in uh, Minneapolis, where okay. I went to watch the UNC Duke men's final four game. And I went there because the UNC folks that were there were having a watch party. So I heard right. about it and we went uh, and Courtney Bancart was there and we all, everyone had a great time watching the game. And apparently one of the people in the group of the UNC fans got this growler and said, someone needs to take it home because no one had a check bag. I had a check bag. So I had, so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll take it. And someone was like, well, Courtney's going to sign it for you. So now I have oh. a, a signed growler <laughs> signed by Courtney Banghart that says go heels to commemorate uh, coach K's final oh. game, which is, I love that. It's by far the weirdest souvenir I've ever gotten, and I will cherish this for the rest of my life uh, for everyone involved. And no, I will not elaborate on what we were doing in the Rock Bottom Brewery. We had a, we had a lovely time uh, with everyone there. Uh, so awesome. Good times were had, and it was a blast. But you know, I, want, I want to get your takes on the, on the Final Four, because I think everyone's tired of, of listening to me talk about what happened. Oh, man. Well, first of all, wasn't it all about the paint points and the rebounding at the end of the day, mm -hmm. especially for South Carolina. I mean, with Aaliyah Boston snatching down 16 boards and getting 33% of the available boards for the Gamecocks. I mean, that's insane, number one. Uh, but she's only a junior and I keep forgetting that she <laughs> is still coming back and, you know, she's not going to be in the draft this year because number one pick going to Washington, I was getting a little excited, <laughs> but I had to uh, bring myself back to reality uh, to know that she's got one more year. In fact, with Don Staley mm -hmm. in South Carolina, but I just thought just destiny Henderson, my God, man. In that first half, she just willed herself to be at her best and they needed it and they got it from mm -hmm. her she was amazing and I just think it wasn't just you know the fact that she knocked in those triples that were so timely and necessary mm -hmm. but I thought it was just her overall pace control of the game whether yep. she had the ball or not like and when I say or not I mean defensively you can control the pace as well on the perimeter and I thought that yep. that's where the game was won I mean you win in the postseason with your guards and the guards for South Carolina were ready to go and Saxton on the inside, she was yeah. a machine on the glass. 
And she was just bare bones with it, like getting loose basketballs out of the mud and just all over the place with an incredible sense of urgency. And I, I just think that, you know, when all of that came together at the right time for South Carolina, I don't think UConn could control that. And Gino said as much. He said they outplayed us. Yeah. He said that. So I'm not, you know, fueling any, you know, fandom thing that you were talking about with talking to the fans and all that stuff. But I mean, Gino even said it, you know, and when you can tip your hat as a coach to another team outplaying you, then, you know, that's, that's the bottom line. That's what it was. And when you're talking about boarding the ball, I think it was 49, 24 on the glass. And, and like I said, Aaliyah Boston was 16 of those. And, And, you know, just to have all of those, opportunities right um and they didn't shoot the ball particularly well south carolina didn't but they have more possessions and that's what rebounding well affords you it affords you the opportunity to score takes opportunities away from the other team to score and i think that's where the game was won and previously in the in the semis with louisville and and stanford going out in the semifinals i think you know the same thing could be said i mean that's where they lost the game both teams lost the game in the paint both teams um, lost the ball because of lack of maximizing their possessions. They had turnovers that were costly. Um, you know, Cameron Brink, I just, you know, when she fell down that one time, you know, they kept going into her because that's, that is yeah. where they had the advantage, but they kept going into her and um, as they should, but when she slipped and fell that one time, I was like, Oh man, like just the, the time and score, situation like if that had happened in the first possession of the game you don't feel it as much I mean you look back and say yeah that was mm-hmm. costly but I think when that happened that really took the air out of Stanford sales and you know you need those possessions and you have to maximize them and be efficient with them and uh you know that's why all four of those teams are fantastic they earned their way to the final four for a reason yeah but when it came down to it it was a team that maximized their possessions that won it no, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think Stanford um, just had a really tough night. It was it was a uh, it was tough to watch because you know I just thought they had their offense was so clean and crisp this entire year, and, and they didn't show up that game. Necessarily, got to give credit to UConn because UConn did. UConn showed up defensively, uh, even though their offense wasn't there. But it's like it's exactly what you're saying. Like it, it was. I think the the defining thing of this entire mm-hmm. tournament for everyone was uh, off the South Carolina in particular's offensive rebounding and just yep. gaining those extra possessions. Because yeah. off you're like like you like you kind of alluded to like offense comes and goes in the tournament because we're dealing with college kids in in a big moment with little time to prepare who have been playing a ton of basketball in the last week right so those right. those kind of things where your offense doesn't look as crisp like you're gonna need to get those turnovers you're gonna need to get those offensive mm-hmm. rebounds and then you're just gonna need to you know make your free throws as well I think South, uh, UConn really um, got to the championship by doing the, those things like yes. getting yes. making their free throws right yeah. when Stanford didn't and that's huge in this time of year mm-hmm. so you know it, it was I think that was the kind of theme for me I also watched a lot of South Carolina as it turned out um the, this uh this uh, this tournament uh, which is great because mm-hmm. they won the championship um but you know it, I think it was awesome just to see Don get a second championship because you know that puts her into some elite company I'm counting right now seven uh, mm. seven women's basketball coaches have multiple NCAA co- uh, championships. Obviously, Gino has 11. Pat has eight. Uh, Kim right. Mulkey and Tara have three. Muffet, Linda Sharp, and now Dawn have two. 
So it puts but your- wait, 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 put a pin in that. I don't mean to interrupt, but I no, need no. to add, I need to add that Dawn Staley broke the mold because she is the first black woman yes. or black man to win multiple championships. So yes, while she's on that big list, she's on a list of her own by herself as a black woman who won multiple titles. So continue, sorry. No, no, that's, that. that's exactly that. I think that was the next, my next point. Uh, oh. or, the, or the fact that, you know, the last five championships in women's basketball have been won by coaches I'm, I'm won by teams coached by women. Um, so that's, that. that's another, I'm, I'm pretty sure I just saw that. Um, but it's huge. I think it's huge for, for women and black women to have Dawn Staley be so dominant and to like, this is going to continue. Right. So it puts her into that pantheon of great coaches and she's going to continue doing it. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I want, maybe, maybe that's a good thing to talk about here. Like just your feelings about, you know, seeing Dawn, um, complete the mission, you know, cause I think, yeah, I think we're going to look back on the season and say, well, of course, South Carolina won. But I, I think at times this year, it felt like they, um, you know, they, they were not clicking at times and she did need yeah. to get them back on track. And, you know, she also mm -hmm. mentioned that they did get a little bit more negative attention because I think the question that this in the season became, well, how does South Carolina not win a championship? Right. But even then that when that targets on your back, that's yeah. tough, that's tough. And she kept that team focused. So I just wanted to get your, your reaction to, to Dawn's accomplishment here. Well, first of all, hats off, kudos, love her and love what she's been able to do there um, to win two championships in six seasons is, is tough by any standard in any sport, but for it to be Don Staley, I'm not surprised, number one, that it's her. But I think as black women, I mean, she could have gone undefeated and there'll still be somebody saying, well, they didn't win by enough. There's always going to be negativity when it comes to black women who are successful leaders and I hate it. I hate that for her, but it also drives her. And it also drives all of us as black women um, to be able to, to win anyway, right? And then for her to say after the game that, you know, we won before we won. And I yeah. thought that was like, that says it all right there because there are always, I don't care if you go undefeated, there's gonna be somebody out there who hasn't won anything okay, mm -hmm. who's won nothing, okay, that has the most to say about Black women being out of pocket. For Black women, um, you know, to show their passion, it looks like anger. And to go up against all of that um, and still win and shut the people up who haven't won anything, um, I think it, it speaks volumes for all of us because uh, she has done the thing that mm -hmm. everyone wants to do. And you know, if you just shuffle and, and replace her with, with someone else acting the same way, doing the same thing, saying the same things, they wouldn't have backlash. Right. Trust and believe me. And I, you know, I'm saying what I'm saying because I, I truly believe it. I'd live it. I, so I understand it full on in mm -hmm. a genuine sense. So, you know, if anybody has anything to say about what I am saying, you know, walk in my shoes. Right. for a minute and and feel what I feel because it's exactly what Dawn is saying and I'm not alone in that and I'm sure that there are many women black women women in general but in, in particular black women who feel that you know their best is never good enough they feel that you know winning is not enough and what mm -hmm. else is there after that like you win you do your best you 
you know, you're undefeated. I mean, she, they had two losses. Yeah. The only team in the country with two losses. But, oh, but they lost two. <laughs> but they won the championship. Well, you know, that Missouri game. Well, you know, that Kentucky game. They got, they got beaten. Under the, you know, there's always going to be some stupid person. <laughs> and I'm just going to say it that way yeah. because it's, it's, it's asinine to me not to give credit where credit is due, regardless of gender, regardless of race, regardless of, of where you coach or what you do. If you're leading and succeeding, if you're leading young women and succeeding, then why isn't that applauded for everybody, regardless of your gender and your, and your color? That to me is, is the question of the day. And, you know, stop taking away from, from the moment by saying what she didn't do or what, what losses or the two losses that they did have. Why are we uh, examining that more closely than, wow, look at all the seeds that she planted in those kids, the memories that will last forever and, and giving them a lifetime of, of just success and, and that kind of empowerment for them to know when they lay it on the line, they can do what they want in their lives, whether they continue to play in the WNBA or overseas or whatever, or not. Yeah. But they will always have the tools to win in life, period. And I think that's what this win for South Carolina and Dawn Staley and her program, that's what that means for a lot of people. And it's not just the X's and O's of it. It's not just the tactical side of basketball, but I think there was a, a genuine societal statement that was made by Dawn Staley by winning the way that she did in spite of uh, negative naysayers and just people who have just never won anything. And that's what I keep going back to. What have you won? Like you have to consider the source. She has considered the source and nullified it by winning the way that she did. Yeah. No, and I think the other thing that she said is, is something to the effect of, um, you know, the players are what they see. And I just yeah. found, I found, I found her players, um, you know, in Greensboro and I got, I got to talk to them a lot um, and just, you know, I've read all their transcript. I, like mm-hmm. they say the same things as her. They, they, they like take on a bit of, a bit of Dawn. It, it felt Absolutely. like it got, it got more yeah. and more as the season went on. And, you know, what a person to take on some of that personality, right? Like what, what a leader to, to follow and to understand. Right. And we have a lot yeah. of great, we have a lot of great coaches. In, in, For women's, sure. in women's basketball. A, Phenomenal. A great coaches all around. Um, mm-hmm. Court, Courtney Banghart being one of them. But just like Dawn, I feel like Dawn really, um, I think the, one of the reasons she's so successful is she connects with players on yeah. that level of, you know, hey, we're the same. And then also on the level of like, I'm going to make you better. Like you're going to come here and you're going to learn not only how to be better on the basketball court, but how to be better in life. I, I think, you know, the way the way that team carried themselves this year was um, maybe the most impressive thing about them. You know, I get like they that, to me, they have an all time resume. Yes. Um, they have an all time resume. Obviously, Aaliyah Boston had one of if not well, one of the greatest seasons ever. Like we're going to put her in that little small pantheon of players that have, have done it. Um, and, and, you know, it, they kind of just carried themselves with this, the, 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 the confidence, right. And, mm-hmm. the, and, and, and just a ton of things that you get straight from Dawn that comes right down <laughs> to the players and you saw it come through. Um, so I, I had so much immense respect for her and I, I have immense respect for, you know, Stanford, obviously, and Tara and Gino, Gino and UConn and Jeff Walls and Louisville. And oh, like, all, sure. I, I, I really, I ran into a lot of great coaches. <laughs> like this tournament and and in March so it, it was just an excellent experience to be around all that um so you know I just think 
with Dawn, she just has really gotten gotten her players to understand what she what she's trying to teach them and has made them better at every single step of the way. And that's yep. you know why Leah Boston's one of the best players in the country. That's why Destiny Henderson is putting up 26 points in the in the championship game. That's why Zaya Cook keeps shooting despite yeah. despite not you know having the season that she wanted. And, and she's a great player in my in my opinion. I think she's a great player. I think yeah. next year she's gonna bounce back and have an awesome season. Mm-hmm. But her, her shots weren't falling, and she kept at it, and she kept going, yeah. and she kept shooting what they call the expected shots would set up those offensive rebounds, which essentially won the championship, and to have that sort of mentality come straight from Dawn. Um, so mm-hmm. amazing accomplishment. Also, she became the first, uh, the first person ever, right, to win mm-hmm. National Player of the Year and National Coach of the Year, right? Coach of the Year. Yeah. I mean, it's just phenomenal. I mean – you know, when, when you have, well, I, I personally had um, one of my best friends, um, Samantha Whitfield, but her maiden name was Nichols. Anyway, yeah. um, we, we've known each other since the seventh grade. And she texts mm-hmm. me and she was like, Dawn reminds me of you. Oh, really? <laughs> like, all awesome. the sidelines, just, I mean, just how intense she is, you know, and, and it's not, when she's intense, it's, it's not necessarily, um, <sighs> I don't know. It's not necessarily negative when you're talking to the kids, but she is just locked into the moment. So I took that as a huge compliment because, you know, not, not, I mean, not a lot of people know me like, like for me, like me Mm -hmm. in general. And I don't know, just, you know, I'm not like, I told you that before. I'm not like a Phil Jackson kind of person, you know, when it comes to coaching, I'm like active and animated and everything like that. And I think that's what, you know, the kids feed off of that. And I think mm-hmm. that's what you're saying too. And it's, and it's not just, you know, the individual meetings that she has with the players and saying, these are the expectations we have for you and your role. I think it's just in general, like when you see your coach who cares, you know, who wants you to succeed. And I think she said that there was a lot of pressure yes. before she got into coaching, knowing that she had the responsibility to bring successful memories and moments to those 18 to 22 year olds. And, and for me, it's, it's 14 to 18 year olds. So it's like this, the mission is the same. The, the ideals are the same. And I don't know, I, I think, you know, the energy has to be there for those kids. I mean, you want it so badly for them and not to say that other coaches don't want it for their yeah. kids because you actually, you absolutely do. But I think with Jeff Walls, that's why I asked him in, in the post game when they won the elite eight going to the final four, we were in Wichita. And I said, you've been there before, but what is it like to see it through the eyes of your players? Because that's what it's about. I mean, you're going to have, you have your own moment and you have your own snapshots in your mind, but now you're watching these kids have the best moment of their lives. Like in that moment, like, what does that feel like? And I really wanted to know from him what that was. And so, because that's the first thing I think about, if there's a successful moment for the team, I'm looking how I'm I'm seeing how the kids are crying uh, tears of joy and like, how they're experiencing the moment. And I think that's what means the most. And that's what Don Staley said as well. So I, we're on the same page with that. Yeah. And for one of my best friends for years uh, to say that she reminded me uh, or that I reminded her of Don or vice versa, whatever. I mean, I, I, I hold that uh, in very high regard and I, I tuck yeah. that away because we want the same things for these kids. It's not yeah. about us. Like we want the same success for these kids so they can fall back and know what they can do to be successful young women in the world. Yeah, no, I, I think that's um, that's uh, that's a pervasive attitude in women's basketball. I mean, we had, we had the coaching convention up there in Minnesota, so I ran into a ton of coaches, and it was just kind of like that attitude of like, 
you know, everyone wants to succeed, succeed and do their thing, but they also, sure. you know, it has to be about the kids. Cause if it's not about the kids, guess why you're not going to succeed. If there you don't go. have that focus, especially nowadays right. with the portal, as we'll talk about in a minute, uh, you know, you're, you, if you don't have that attitude, um, you're not going to succeed. And, and even if you do, right. Like it still may mean that some people or some kids are going to go because your style doesn't match up with them. Exactly. Um, so I, I think, Hey, winning cures a lot and South Carolina is winning. Um, so, you know, any, any, anything that, uh, you know, you have, if you have, if you have criticisms of other coaches, I'm sure you would have some of Dawn, but right now Dawn's doing a great job because everyone's happy. Everyone's winning and everyone's playing perfectly. Like they're playing the, the way they need to, even exactly. when, if shots don't go in or turnovers happen or whatever, like they play the way they need to and they play for each other. And that's why they won the championship. And I think Period. that's, I think they're going to be back. I think they're going to be back. You want to know why? Because Aaliyah Boston's coming back and yeah. she's the best player in the country still. Um, yeah. So we mm-hmm. may just see another year of this. Also, Victoria Saxon's coming back, who she was huge. Yeah. I think the only player, um, like Lily Grissett's leaving and, and you can't, Lily Grissett is a big part of what they do at South Carolina. True. Huge glue piece. She does all the handshakes before the game. She plays some. <laughs> she, she just kind of keeps that she keeps that going right like yeah. you, need, you yeah. need that you need that to have such True. a great team um so they lose her i think they, they may lose some other pieces they're obviously adding some more pieces too yeah. um but also one more thing i want to mention i just really love that True. dawn was very adamant about bringing up lamont paris the new coach of south carolina's men's team yes to make sure that you know the the fans knew that hey she i have his back and y'all got to give him the same time that y'all gave me to succeed. Exactly. I thought that's huge. That's huge for Lamont. And I think that's also just mm-hmm. shows you like, this is a women's basketball school first at South Carolina. And if the mm-hmm. women's basketball coach says that you're all right, you may just be all right. So hopefully I hope he succeeds. Um, hope he succeeds. I hope uh, South Carolina does well. Um, although not that well, I don't want, I would, you know, the, having like Dawn and Aaliyah no. and the, everyone there is enough. Like we don't need South Carolina right. winning right. too much more. Uh, do you want, do you want to talk about the transfer portal? Oh, oh man. Do, do we have to talk about the transfer portal at some point? Would you like to do it now? Uh, we have to talk about it. Uh, because it's right in front of us. It's the pink elephant in the room uh, from today. I mean, oh my gosh. And and I think, you know, it was at the final four questions were asked and you were there, you were yeah. in those press conferences and the coaches were all asked about it and how it's changed the landscape for our game. And I think it, it's, you know, for men's and women's basketball, but boy, it is really, I mean, we just have to start where where we are with it. Oh, I mean, yeah. we're we're local and and it's uh, if you, you know, can it, tell, it, if you can't tell from the Maryland jersey hanging behind Christy, we I mean, gotta talk. Although I did, yeah. I did want to mention though, like just first off, like it's a crazy amount of kids in the portal right now. So yeah. uh, we we obviously don't have the entire list. I think someone said it was like over a thousand, at which some is point, ridiculous, which is crazy. Sorry, uh, Raul at uh, WBB blog, who that's the source that I follow for all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, although this is old, so I got to find the one for this year because he had 970. No, no, that's that's right. Okay, yeah, it's 2022. Right. Uh, so that is 978 players in the portal at the moment. And now that, okay, let's let's clarify. So 970 kids in the portal, all D1 kids, or this is multiple? This is D1. Multiple levels. This is just, just D1. D1. Just D1. Wow. Yeah. And I saw a stat today, uh, I, you know, I don't know how much to believe in this. It was from a, a blue check mark on Twitter. 
uh, they retweeted a slide that said uh, like 28% of players who entered the portal last year ended up at a different D1 school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's not guaranteed that, you know, you end up there. I mean, some, a lot, a lot, some of these players are grad transfers. Uh, should be okay. mentioned. Like, Still. Uh, so, so there's 276 here, according to WPP blog, um, that, that are grad transfers. And that's a little different, right? Because, like, for example, Mimi Collins at, at Maryland, she's transferring to go to a different program to continue her studies. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's more, it's, well, there's, it's a, reportedly, um, about the education. So grad transfers should be treated a little differently, but still like, there was, there was like over 700 kids transferring that are not trans, uh, grad transfers. It's a lot. I'm just trying to keep my face. <laughs> my face is telling the whole story. My eye is switching and I, it's hard for me to hold it in, Gabe. <sighs> I, I, it doesn't make sense. And, and it, it may make sense for the 28%, but what about the rest of the kids? And that's, that's the, that's the detrimental situation that they put themselves into listening to people saying, this is what you should do. Or because you had a, a not so great college experience and now you're living vicariously through these kids. Yeah. And well, what I would do, well, guess what? No, like this has to be on the kids and not, well, what I would do is make this decision. Okay, you need to be wise with these huge life-changing moments that you are setting for yourselves and not listen to people who have no credence whatsoever other than, well, when I used to play, uh, and if that were me, this is what I would do. No, guess what? Take yourself out of it and look at where these kids are today and right now and the percentages and let them decide and let them like sink or swim. I mean, that's what it is. But I hate when I hate when has-beens try to live vicariously through the next generation. That's mm-hmm. when these kids end up on the curb and yeah. not doing what they are capable of doing. That's what happens, and you know, it's sad. And you know, I'm 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 big on the transfer portal has to exist because I think everyone needs the choice, right? Everyone needs everyone needs to have the choice because there are kids in certain situations. For example, let's take Kirsten Bell, just just one example of okay. a player who was at Ohio State, her family moved. And she wanted to be close to her family and the, and the portal allowed her to, to go to a school or like uh, Kayana trailer, who was at Purdue um, ended up in a great situation at Virginia tech because she got, she went into the portal. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. I think it has, I think it has to exist because people need choices, but I'm with you. I think there's, there needs to be just a little bit more education and a little yes. bit more um, uh, thought and, and just like guidance here from, from, yes. I don't know who it comes from. Right. Cause it's like, well, your college coach can't really do it because, you know, if you're transferring, it, potentially one of the problems is your college coach, right? So, or, and it can't really necessarily be your institution because, you know, that, that's also like an interested party. And then your parents are also interested because they, everyone's parents think that their kid is the greatest player on earth, right? And, and I don't blame parents, obviously. I, I, <laughs> my parents think I'm the greatest podcaster on earth. Um, <laughs> and like, you know, so you, you do have to, I don't know where this guidance comes from. I don't know if there could be a company or consulting firm or or something just to, you know, really hear people out and and try to understand like, Hey, why are you doing this? Like, is this something that you can, you can stick through? Is this not something you can stick through? Are you going for an educate? Like just to, just to make sure that they understand what the situation is. Cause obviously I think a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people are going to enter the portal thinking that one thing's going to happen and it ain't. 
you know, but some, right. I'm sure some kids from, you know, some of these smaller schools have, have entered the por- portal thinking, Hey, I'm going to go up. And it's like, well, do they have spots at the place you want to go to? Like, do, right. is there, is there a plan? Like, do you have a backup plan? And to a certain Thank extent, you. I think like, you know, kids got to make mistakes, right? Right. <laughs> hey, hey, I made a lot of mistakes in college. Um, but I just, I just, I, I want there to be a little bit more uh, guidance because I, I feel like there's a lot of people that are not going to end up in situations they want. And I think that's eventually going to correct itself in the market. I think this is new and exciting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're in college and you're like, Hey, like I'm, you know, I'm not playing or, you know, I don't like it here. I'm homesick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't, you know, you, you want to say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go do it and, tr- and transfer. Um, you know, it, maybe it works out great but maybe, maybe it doesn't. And I think yeah, make your own mistakes and that's, and that's good in life and you'll, you'll learn from it. But I think a lot of kids are maybe not like you're saying, getting um, good advice here. Yeah. Yeah. They're not getting out. They're not getting out of the portal on the men's or women's yeah. side. I mean, yeah, their kids stuck from last year. They're stuck still in mm-hmm. the portal or let me try it again. Guess what? You're going to get stuck in there again. Now what? Like you're talking plan B, C, D and E, like, what are you really doing? Exactly. You can't have a knee jerk reaction because you, you know, it's not for you. Or somebody asked me to do something that was hard or someone asked me to do something that was uncomfortable for me. And instead of leaning into that and getting better for the challenge, you decided peace out. And for me, I, you know, as a, as a player who came into Maryland, okay. With three other players after my sophomore year, I was the only one left. So there was no portal. Okay. But those players left. And to know that, um, I don't know, to know that I was going through the same things, like we we were marching through the same music, right? As players, I wasn't going anywhere, but the fact that they all left made me think about, well, what am I still doing here? (laughs) You know, and and that was their song they were singing, you know, but I'm like, man, that, that starts the wheel spinning an 18, 19 year old kid. Yes. You know, why is everybody leaving? Like, I'm good. Like, it's hard. So what right? made you stay? Like, was it an upperclassman? Was it the coach? Or was it just oh. like, you? Like, I want to be there and that's where I'm going to be? No, I wanted to be there and that's where I was going to be, period. And I didn't have a conversation with anybody about like, oh, everybody's leaving. That was just my observation. So it wasn't like I, I called a meeting and I didn't, I mean, I probably talked to my parents about it, but I wasn't going anywhere. But I was like, wow, I'm the last one left, mm-hmm. you know? And it was looked at differently then because- it was like, well, how could you do that? Right. And now it's different. Now it's like, I'm hopping, you know, yeah. that that's too hard. I'm leaving. And the one thing that these kids will discover, or maybe they won't, you know, but maybe they will. Okay. Well, you I can't do. run. You can't run from yourselves, yeah. but we you hope it works out yourself. for everyone. Like, going? we just want, we just want to say, like, we hope it works out for everyone. The portal. We, if you're like, if it's a player in the portal, we, we want you to go on to have amazing success at wherever you're going. That's like, yeah, we got to say, because like, that we are, I'm rooting for everyone truly yeah. same but, deal I, I want them to be successful but I will say I will say you can't run from yourself right. okay if you bring your same stankness in terms of okay. <laughs> attitude and lack of adjustments and you know not wanting to you know push through difficult assignments and maybe that's out of your wheelhouse or maybe that's not comfortable for you uh you know I you're gonna be asked to do that wherever you go to okay and then wherever you go, there you are, okay? And I know that's cliche, but look, at some point, you're going to have to adjust. At some point, you're going to have to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? 
I got to buckle down and lean into this. This is hard. This is difficult. This is a challenge. And then be better for it. And I want everybody, trust and believe, I want everybody to find success in the game of basketball because ultimately it'll, it'll translate to life. And I want them to be successful with whatever they do. It's just a concern for me that it's become, I mean, we're numb to it almost. We're numb to the portal. We're numb to people changing two, three, four times. Um, looking for what? What are you looking for? Like what you're looking for is in the mirror. Point blank, period, the end. And I said what I said. What you're looking for is in the mirror. What you're looking for is a way for you to challenge yourselves to be better wherever you are, right? If you're on your fourth or fifth school, okay, guess what? You have a different uniform, maybe a different number and all that, but guess what's the same? Right here, right here, and right here, right here, right here. Your heart and your mind are gonna be with you wherever you go. And if you can live with that, you know, being at five schools, but I couldn't do it. No. Well, so and I, you know, and I'm not poo-pooing on anybody's decision to do it. I'm just saying that was not for me. That was not for me. And I've been, yeah. I've said it on broadcast before. Like, how are you going to play against your teammates and you are on a team within the conference? Right. Like to me, that's not, I couldn't do it. <laughs> that's just me though. And I probably am on an island, you know, or I'm, you know, maybe I'm alone in that, but I would not feel like I could have the same energy and focus. <laughs> I just, I wouldn't be able to do it. I don't know how, I don't know how they manufacture that or, or compartmentalize in order to do that. I, I couldn't do it. It's just tough because I, it, I, I think for like a senior or grad transfer, Really, it's a little different, right? Because like when you come, you're, you're the difference between a, a college freshman and a college senior is a big difference, right? It's a big difference. It's a huge difference in the person and who you are and like how you understand yourself and how you interact with the world around you. So yeah. at, at my, my bigger concern is, is those freshmen, right? Because like, mm -hmm. you know, if you go into the portal and you can't come out, you, you've just like, you've ended your college career in your freshman year. And that's, cool. and that's, that's my problem. Like, I don't care, you know, like, hey, man, look at the Miami, the Miami Hurricanes on the men's side. Everyone on that, on that team was a transfer. Charlie Moore has played for four, played, did play for four different schools. Wow. Um, and he finally, he found the home in Miami. So it worked out, right? Like, worked that's, out. there's a success story that he, it 28%. Right. But it, it worked out for him because he eventually found himself. And who's to say, like, if he hadn't just stuck it out at, I think he was at Kansas to begin with, like, if he hadn't stuck out of Kansas, maybe he's in the same position he was in in Miami because Miami lost to Kansas in the Elite Eight. So, like, um, and Kansas ended up winning the championship. But, you know, I, I think, like, everyone has their own journey and everyone has to figure it out on their own. And sure. I understand, like, you're going to make mistakes and stuff. I just really hope that, it, like, that the transfer portal is just a, a, a minor mistake if it is, right? Like, that's all I hope for is, like, mm -hmm. hey, maybe I think, like, you should stay at the school or whatever, but that's not on me. Like that's your it's life. Not, but that's right. if it ends up being like, Hey, I had a scholarship and now I don't. And now my education is, is messed up. That's the problem, right? Like that's where my, that's where my situation comes in. So Same. I don't know. I I'm all for it. Like, you know, everyone can go back and listen to all my comments about the transfer portal. Um, I'm always, I'm team transfer portal. I'm team transfer. I'm team, you know, do what's best for you and, and live your life because that's important. And, you know, I made a ton of mistakes. Remember, I'm a lawyer um, and now I'm doing this. So like, 
I get it. I get it. But I just hope that, you know, there's not, there's not people like pushing uh, kids the wrong way. Like you mentioned at the top, like I, that's, that's where it really comes in for me. Um, yeah. and I hope it, I really hope it works out. I just saw that my girl, Taylor O'Brien from Bucknell, she's a grad transfer. She was awesome okay. last year at Bucknell. I hope she, I hope she gets a chance somewhere that she's in the, she's in the portal. Um, yeah. and you know, it, I, I hope it works out for everyone. That That's my overarching theme here, but we should talk about some of the players that are actually in the portal. Like you mentioned, we talk, we got to start with Maryland. <laughs> we got to start with Maryland. Uh, cause there's four players in the, in the portal from Maryland, Angel Reese, Ashley Wusu, uh, Mimi Collins right is in the portal mm-hmm. um and then who, who who am i missing well diamond miller is having surgery on her well, knee yeah, and she's diamond out miller. for six months but she's she, not in the portal but she's she says she's going to be ready for the season i think i'm missing one, one other person i'm sorry to that person whoever um from maryland it? oh was it um oh i, I uh, know it was recruiter number 13 yeah and i don't have it in front of me number 13 it's okay actually i can pull this up pull it pull, pull it, it because that was up. just that was a late ad uh as well uh yeah and then up. they put Shanice Lewis in that as well but I thought she was yeah. out so she she has she's injured. a I think she can grad transfer and I think she also okay. she may have a um waiver a waiver okay also she's from Miami Florida so Shanice oh come on come on down, come on down. we have a we have an excellent communications program I don't know if you're into that uh Kozlova Kozlova that's right that's right that's right Kozlova went in the portal too yeah I mean the the headliners here are Reese and Awusu two local kids that came Mm -hmm. to Maryland with a great hype um you know Reese had a huge year uh and got and got much better this year um Awusu had a big sophomore year less not as good junior year mainly because of injuries both both those players have dealt with injuries in their career maryland um so uh those two are in the portal and it looks like maryland's gonna have to rebuild after yet another uh list of players leaving in the portal what i I sent you the stat right it was like seven players seven top 50 players have entered the portal in the past few years so Mm -hmm. um I think it's kind of inappropriate for us to spec. Yeah, seven top fifty recruits have transfers to twenty seventeen. It might be a little inappropriate for us to speculate as to what's happening, but you know, where does Maryland kind of go from here? I think is the question. Man, I don't even know if I can make a comment because <laughs> I, you know, I, honestly, in the last forty eight hours, this has been shocking. Yeah. I, I have to say it that way because that's how I feel. So that's uh, why we're here, right? Um, it, it was quite shocking. And then the reverberations of not just Awusu going, but then Reese going, and then Mimi Collins going, and then Diamond Miller with the knee surgery out three to six months, and then Koslova going, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, and Shanice Lewis going. I I am going to take it into consideration um, the way Brenda Freeze is feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time I think about that, it makes my stomach just turn because I know how hard she works. I know the effort that she puts in with recruiting and everyone that has gone there has said, you know, it's the family atmosphere. I've been at practices. We've been at practices, uh, games, obviously interacted with these players and, and coaches and just no inkling of dysfunction or, 
or anyone, you know, having issues. I don't know. It, it's just, it was the same with Mike Sell in Austin, you yes. know, and for me, I just reflect on what that felt like. And it's just, it feels the same. Like I didn't see it coming right. um, for any of them. So it's, it's unbelievably frustrating. Um, if you're a Maryland fan, I'm sure. Uh, I know that someone on Twitter was, uh, was uh, requesting cookies be um, delivered <laughs> their way because they're just, you know, they don't need a hug. They need cookies. I don't know who that was, but I was like, man, you know, everybody's feeling some kind of way about it. And it, it's, it will be an entirely new team. Right. Uh, Brendan Freeze is a great recruiter. We've seen her go to the final four with six healthy players. I mean, mm -hmm. she finds a way to get things done, but I just want to let her know that, you know, as a coach that I'm feeling for her and her staff right now, because of the energy and effort that she put into, to get those players there in the first place. And then, you know, to turn around in a couple of years and, and to see, you know, them leaving before they can go through their senior nights. It, yeah. It's, it's incredibly frustrating. And I know it just stings me and I'm not even fully, you know, I'm not, I've recruited those kids. I haven't, but just to, you know, have done that for 10 years, recruited kids. I, I know the investment that you put in to that process. So, I mean, apparently, I mean, they have a great class coming in, but right. that when you recruit, as you know, this, when you recruit, you recruit pieces around what you already mm -hmm. currently have. And now that's going to be disjointed because there's, you know, all five starters are gone right. <laughs> and Faith Masonis is injured, you know, and hopefully she'll be back uh, full blast. And she was ahead of schedule with her healing process, but Cheyenne Sellers had a fantastic freshman season. So you're building around Cheyenne Sellers and hopefully a healthy Diamond Miller, Faith Masson is coming back. I mean, those are key pieces. But after that, I mean, just not a lot of experience. So well, you almost have to tap into the portal. Yeah, as she called you. You have to tap into the portal to gain that experience. So it's like this cyclical <laughs> craziness, really. Because you don't want to bring in eight like true freshmen, do you? Right. I mean, because no. you're recruiting, like you already have these other kids coming in. So it's like, I don't know, six and one, half dozen the other. It's like, you you know, <laughs> damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, but the portal is there in good ways and bad ways. And yeah. for Maryland, I mean, right now, okay, the players have left and they're in the portal. But now it's a good thing that you can tap into experienced college level players who yeah. are looking to be elite and, and looking to win. No, I think Maryland's one of the schools that, you know, I was mentioning, like there will be, there are kids that want to transfer up and there's not many better schools than the Maryland. Right. And I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure she's going to be calling Brenda, as you, as you mentioned, the great recruiter. So she'll be calling around and, you know, um, talking to Sharika Wright from UT Arlington. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And we, it was me and uh, Daniel Matata. But I don't know if I just pronounced his name right. Let me know. Dan, Dan listens to this. I'm going to see him this weekend. Um, but we were talking to her and she was like, I keep everyone's number. <laughs> if I recruit you at all, <laughs> I keep your number. Cause I'll, I'll be watching, I'll be watching the portal. I'll be, you know, you know giving you texts or whatever to, to make sure that, you know, if you want to land somewhere, you can land somewhere. So I'm sure, I'm sure Brenda right. has that. Um, I just wonder, you know, like how is this going to change their, her recruiting process? Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think Coach Yo at Ole Miss mentioned like you got to change into a more uh, 
two-year plan rather than a four-year plan. Interesting. Um, but it's also like, you, you almost have to recruit, uh, the, you're not necessarily recruiting just the most talented players. And I think we all talk about fit and culture, but in college, like you really aren't almost, you almost only have to aim for the most talented players because that's the players you need. So right. I don't know if there's going to be a change, not just for Maryland, but for every school of like, do we have to change the way we think of this? Like, do we have to find the kids? Like, is it more so like, Hey, here's a list of kids that will fit and want to play under my coaching style, according to, you know, their, their high school coaches, their parents and them, um, mm-hmm. and then bringing those kids in. And then on the other side too, like the recruiting process for the player, I think you got to start thinking more about, you know, do I want to play here? Like, is this a style of coaching that I actually like, is this mm-hmm. a style of coaching that I get along with for, four years or you know or three years in some cases if you're going to the pros right and it's like i think i think it's tough because of the way recruiting happens like you only get you only get the person in snippets um and and they're selling to you right they're trying to sell their campus trying to sell themselves they're trying to sell their experience and what they could do for your career so i just i i don't know how to bridge that gap because i think that's i think that's the bigger gap for these freshmen and sophomore uh transfers Mm -hmm. is like well, I, I was coming here thinking it was going to be something different. And, you know, I don't want to, and it's not what I wanted. And it's like, right. you know, I, I, I don't, under, I don't know how to bridge that gap for them. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's frustrating is that there has to be accommodations made. Like coach Yo said, you know, a two-year plan. Yeah. Dang, like why, you know, I understand it and I agree but I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense to say all those three things in a row like that, mm-hmm. I understand it. I agree, but I hate it. Um, yeah. But I mean, that's just how, where I am with everything. I just, I, I just feel like you, you have to do it that way to survive. And it's just unfortunate. It's yeah. unfortunate because, you know, Gino, I think said it best. Like you can't coach these kids like you could 10, 15 years ago. Right. Like there's a fragility about them that, you know, mentally they're not quite, uh yeah i i don't know if i say fragility. i don't know i've heard i've heard it before like it's i i don't think it's fragility i think it's options baby like i got options right oh, so if you no. if you got your baby I, no. you can't if no. you're gonna treat me in a way that i don't like like you gotta get the kids that you can treat in the way that you like because if you if no. you if i got if i'm not there and you, i got mm-hmm. options like peace mm-hmm. i'm not gonna sit here and be treated and i hey look okay. i'm gonna be I'm be 100% real. If I, if it was the case, I heard who stats, I wasn't being treated right or whatever. Peace. I'm out. See ya. I'm going to wherever. Right. Cause okay. like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit okay. here and, and, you know, put my career in someone else's hands if I don't like the way they're treating me. Understood. Okay. But okay. Flip that. All right. So what about a coach who says, this is what I need you to do on the floor. And they go out there and do the opposite because they think that they know better than the coach so now the coach feels some kind of way well you're treating me not so well well yeah but the coach the coach can cut you if the coach wants to like who's who's to say that some of these kids were not encouraged to enter the transfer portal by their coaches where i was going (laughs) that's where i was going right there right that's where i was going and that's what i'm saying it's like you know respect goes both ways yeah right so it's not just bow to me treat me this way and you treat me like a dog yeah (laughs) no ma'am no sir guess what it goes both ways gay and i hear what you're saying 
and there has been a lot of uh, coaches carousel too. So I'm not, you know, saying coaches are the be all end all and they're always right. But guess what? There are some players who feel that they are running the show. Sure. And guess what? You're not. Guess what? You're there for four years and the coaches are going to be there long after they're there before you. They're mm -hmm. going to be there after you. And while you're here, you adhere to the coaching style and philosophy and culture of this program. And if you don't like that, then yes, you have options. But guess what? The fact that I said I didn't like what Coach Yo said is because, you know, I, I, and I agree and I, yeah, I, yeah. I understand. You don't like okay, the concept so that they have to I don't do like it. the concept yeah. because now you're, you're lowering the bar to meet them where they are instead of keeping the bar where it is. And this is what this game means. This is what this program stands for. And if you don't like that here, then try it somewhere else. No. And then guess what? You're not going to like it there because you're there again. And then you're going to go somewhere else. And boom, you don't like that either. Because guess what? You're bringing the same stank fortress around you. Like they're going to do what I say because I'm saying it. Guess what? No. Okay. And I'm not mad about that. And what I'm mad about is lowering standards to meet kids where they are. No, that's yeah. going to change the game for the worst. Okay. You need to rise up and meet the programs and the cultures that they are presenting where they are so that you can be better. Okay. And if yeah. you don't like being asked to do things that aren't comfortable and there's always an answer or, but this was happening and da -da 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 -da, there's all this talk back and sass, like, where did that all come from? Like, what is that about? It's insane to me. Like the respect that, that you give your coach, the respect that you give a program, I mean, to me, that was the be all end all. And was it easy? Absolutely not. But am I better for leaning into that and going through that? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And I, I don't know how else to say that. I'm just speaking from my own personal experience, you know, as a player and as a coach and as a mom. Like, I'm not going to lower my standard to meet you where you are. Right. There are certain expectations and levels of respect that right. are that that should be a given. Yeah. And, 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 and that goes and, and, and then changes. Right. Be made. And, and that, that goes both ways, too. Right. Like that does. Right. Like the coaches got to the coach. You don't have to you don't have to necessarily change yourself, but you do have to respect. I think nowadays, like um, you just can't like players aren't going to just buy in because you're the coach. I think that's fair. I think that's. Whoa! Kind of I don't like that game. Why not? But, but why is a coach? But why is a coach get that and the player doesn't? If the player, if the player can just. What the player is doing. But what? If what the, do you it, mean buy in? No, I'm saying you're not going to just get a player to respect you and buy into what you're trying to do as a program just because you're the coach. Why if not? That, if that wasn't what you told them, was exactly going to happen in the recruiting process? Why well, do you what think if it was? but I don't know. Cause that's what I'm guessing is happening. Okay. Cause okay. that's points, right? Like that's why Don, I was listening to Don, how she recruits like Don was like, I treat them exactly how I treat my players when I'm recruiting them. Cause I don't want them to come here and it's different. So, and, and that's why they don't, they, it seems like they don't lose that many players. Right. So right. I think it has to go both ways. I'm not saying anyone's right or wrong. I don't know what happens in these programs. And, and you know, for, for all we know, right. Like Ashley Wusu and Angel Reese are transferring because they want to go to South Carolina win championship. That's a rumor that's out there. Right. So it's like, okay, well, that's a little different. Then we're talking about someone that's a little different about your goals in life. If you, if you want to go somewhere and win a championship, Hey, LeBron did it. And like, good for LeBron. Right. And good for me. That. Right. I have, I have the championship hat somewhere behind that me. Somewhere. Back there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that. So like, 
I get, I get it. I understand. I think you're right too. I think you're right. I think there's some of these players that are going to under, going to figure that out later in, in life. Yes. Wait, all the, these, it turns out all the college basketball coaches are to a certain like degree, the same, and you're going to have to change your attitude a little bit and you're going to have to grow up a little bit. But at the same time, I do think there are some coaches that, Hey, maybe you got to change what you're doing and understanding and, and being more straight up and honest with them. Um, so I think it goes, it cuts both ways. I, I think it's fair. I, like to me, like I don't just buy into like someone saying like, Oh yeah, Hey, this is, you know, ESPN or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care what organization you are. You got to treat me. You got to treat me with respect. Like not, not like, you know, kiss my butt or anything like, no, right. No, I do. And, and you're right. You're right. The Lottie kids have had their butts kissed for a very long time and they got it. They got to get out of that. Um, but like, I also think like I, I need to be treated with a certain level of uh, respect and um, dignity that perhaps coaches in the past didn't always extend. I think both those things are, I think, I think there will, like I was saying, like there's going to be a market correction because, you know, some people are going to end up in places they don't want to be. There's going to be coaches that end up fired. There's going to be, there's going to be a market correction here in the next five, 10 years where we're going to, oh, of course. I think we're going to see, oh. I think we're going to see less kids in the portal, to be honest, in the, in the future. Well, well, I think so. And I think they need to go ahead and put the, the, the year that they have to sit out back into this uh, transfer oh, portal no, decision, no. because I think, well, I think a lot of them will stay there because people, players want to play period. And, you know, unless there's an injury, they want that year to recover. Okay. But I mean, we saw that happen with Ellie Pepper when that, she transferred from Notre Dame to Indiana. Yeah. So she had that year to recover from her injury. So it just made sense. So sometimes it makes sense for you, but, but my thing, I mean, if I get recruited by a coach and they take me to practice, I see how they coach. I hear what they say. I see what, what they're doing. Um, I watch the players. I see all that too. And if I get there and it's different, I would have a problem with that. But if I'm seeing it genuinely and that's Mm -hmm. what I signed up for, you signed up for that. You saw it. You were there multiple times. You understood the expectations. And then now it's too hard. (laughs) That's how I see it sometimes. Or that's a lot. Yeah, I I, I don't don't like that. I would love to start a blog of something or like just like I want to get everyone's reason why they're transferring like that's what I want to do I want to get I want to get everyone's reason as to why they transferred like honestly like I want to start like an anonymous like I don't know like remember like when we were uh, when I was in like middle school we had like this anonymous post board that you could say whatever like that's what I want but just for people just for kids in the transfer portal to say like exactly why they're transferring um, you don't have to put like name to coaches or whatever. Just like, I want to know why. So we get more of a clue, but the only way I'm good with the co- the one year wait period is if coaches also have the one year wait period. So if you want to go change jobs and get paid more and do all that, guess what? You guys sit out of year two. You guys sit I out mean, I think they would do it. They would do it. Then let's do it. That's They'd cool. Be out there golfing and like, you know, yeah. watching movies and like chilling. Let's see how the coaches do it. Let's see how the coaches do it. Cause if you want to move up in this business, that's what you got to do. Right. Like, it, it, and that's what I think, I, you know, I want some more, I'm with you. I think it's too much. I think there's a lot of kids getting bad advice. I think there is a change in, in the generation of my, my generation and younger um, right. of how we think about things like this. Um, yes. But at the same time, it has to be, has to be equal 
for the coaches and the players. I, I think that absolutely, ha- absolutely has to be equal for the coaches and the players. Because I hear you know, what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but yeah. you know, like strategically, I don't know if that would work the same way. No, I wouldn't. Um, it wouldn't work. I, I mean, just you know, contractually and with schools and ads, I don't think they would go for that. It'd be um, so funny I think, though. I it would be, <laughs> but I think that coaches would be all for it if they could somehow find a way professionally to get that done. They wouldn't mind that. And sometimes it's not necessarily a move up. Sometimes it's a lateral move. And right. I think for these kids, you know, I think Gino also said this because uh, I listened to that a lot, um, what he said. And, and I picked a lot of different things out of it each time I heard him say it. But he said that when you have, you know, your circumstances and yes, you're going to make changes and, and want to move and all of that. But when you boil it all down, it's it's got to be it's got to be like in your heart. Like it's got to be like everybody has their own will, like you said, but it's got to be an understanding, you know, that you have with yourself that, you know, a lot of those kids that transferred from UConn in the past never played for a top 10 team or found success. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, so it's not always moving up. Right. Right. Sometimes it's lateral move. Sometimes it's, you know, the water's too deep. (laughs) <laughs> water's and, too deep for you and you I, gotta go somewhere else well it's i think a lot i think a lot of kids a lot of kids though too are like in the kirsten bell elena deladon situation where it's like i, I want to be close to my family you know edd transferred from yukon and had an amazing run at delaware and had nothing yeah. well from what we know reportedly we had nothing to do with like gino's coaching or any of that it was just she wanted to be close to her family and to her sister and like right and, and Natasha like, Cloud too. Natasha, Natasha Cloud, Cloud yeah. transferred from Maryland and went to St. Joe's and had an amazing career there. And I want to bring up one team here that yeah. you will notice. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check this to make sure. As no one in the transfer portal, because uh, they have had two transfers in 14 years, and that's Creighton. Creighton. Wow! For all their success this year, I don't think a single one of those kids is transferring. Yeah, I don't see them on this list. So none mm-hmm. of those kids are transferring. Why is that, right? That's kind of that's kind of like my next question because um, Coach Flannery brought this up in a press conference. Like someone asked him hmm. about the portal, and he was like, "Look, we haven't had a kid transfer here. We have, we've had two kids transfer here in 14 years, and each of them wow. had their own like special reasons." And I was like, you know, he was like, "I'm not that nice of a coach. Like, I'm not. I'm not like, oh, like this is not. I'm not like best buddies with everyone. I'm not like, you know." I have a really good staff around me that that really mm-hmm. becomes friends with the players, and we have the relationship that a coach and player should have. But the big thing they mentioned was having seniors, having older players every single year there mm-hmm. to help the younger players in their first and second years of college and making sure that that environment was conducive to those relationships, that these kids weren't right. like necessarily like, yes, you're competing with each other for minutes and touches, but at the end of the day, you're still on the team. And those juniors and seniors really taught those freshmen and sophomores what was happening and how to go through right. it, how to be homesick. And I think may, maybe that is, is one of the things that in the next couple of years is going to be missing from these programs is like, you know, have seniors that have been there for so, so long that they can right. say, Hey, look, you know, I know, I know coach is getting on you right now. And, you know, I know you miss, but like, this is what's going to happen and this is how it's going to go. And this is how it's going to be better for you. And so that's right. why I just wanted to bring up Creighton as just like one quick example of like a school that, doesn't have that problem and i think that comes from a recruiting the, the kids that they know will fit and work there and b having that structure and in, the infrastructure to keep 
um, right. players intact and they just bought into the program. Right. But didn't they have a transfer come in? They did have a transfer. <laughs> Jensen, you hit Jensen. that shot. And so, I mean, okay, they don't have players going out, but they got them coming in. That's good. That's what, that you that's what you want. That's what you want. That's what I, I want. I, I, look, I, I want, I want all the transfers coming in. I want anyone yeah. coming out. <laughs> right. And you know, unless we're unless we replace it, people like I don't want I want my players coming in because then that that means our, our culture is attractive, right? That means our kids are you. texting their old their friends from their age, right. hey, yeah, being yeah. like, hey, it's cool here. Like you know, hey, coach can be a jerk sometimes, but I like yeah. not. I'm not saying Coach Flannery can be a jerk. That's that was oh, his no, word. It's he, hard. He said yeah. he said that about himself. I'm not going to say that about him. Um, <laughs> But, you know, he, I just think, I, I think that's like, I want to dig into the Creighton situation a little bit more and just understanding, like, you know, there are schools that are, are, are not having sure. to deal too much with the transfer portal, at least on the outside rather than the inside. There we should, we should yeah. talk about the draft though. Cause we we're now at like an hour and two minutes. Oh, let's get it. Uh, I just like saw something pop up. Did you see something pop up about Atlanta getting the top pick? What? But I didn't open it. Yeah, go on there because you have your computer up. I don't have my computer up. What? Yeah, talk to me. What, what happened? Talk to me. No way. Talk to me. Atlanta trades to get the number one pick from the Washington Mystics. Mystics now have the third pick and the number 14 pick. Is that the Dang. whole trade? Well, who who did Washington get? Okay, it just I, 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 I think like we're gonna. I, I think we're gonna need to do come back on the podcast. Okay, we can we can this investigate. This week, it just popped. It just popped, and I saw it come up as an alert. But then we were talking, and then I was like, I didn't want to interrupt where we were. But now that we flipped it to the draft, <laughs> what? Oh my God, yo! Thank God I did not do my mock draft today. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Come on. Oh, thank God I didn't do my mock draft today. Yeah. I would have had a, I would have had conniption. Um, <sighs> wow. So they get, right. they Who also, they get? okay, okay. Here's the whole trade. Yeah. So um, they trade number one to Atlanta okay. for number okay. three and number 14. So that's the second pick in the, in the, in the second round. Second so, round, yeah. Oh, uh, you know, and that sneaky Mike Tebow, I saw him at the USAB practice and we were like, hey, you know, so just talking about, you know, what's happening or whatever. And he, he goes, oh, we're going to go to the the combine here. And I was like, there's no first round picks to combine and y'all don't have any second round picks. He's like, yeah, we don't have any second round picks. We're just going to go and, you know, have fun. I was like. See, he was trying to tell you without telling you. He was. He was. was, (laughs) No, he wasn't trying to tell me. Mike would never tell me anything. (laughs) No, he would. I love Mike, but no, he was. uh, Sorry, the 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 big part is the 2023 first round swap, which is huge for the Mystics because if the Ah. Cream, who have not been good for a long time, are worse than the Mystics, they have the right to swap up into next year's draft when Aaliyah Boston, Haley Jones. Wow, folks. Wow. Okay. I need to take, I need to take, I don't know. I, I need to go for a run. I'm freaking out. Oh my God. It's a lot. Yeah. I saw it pop, but I didn't open the article. So I didn't see the details, but oh boy. Oh no. And it's I know a the sparks pick. A, oh, talk to me. Talk to me. 
Yeah, so they oh, so Washington has the right to. Oh, that's not as good. I don't know. I don't know. I need to. I need like. I need, need to marinate. I need, I need to marinate. I'm sorry. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just speaking now. Well, folks, drafts on Monday. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be at the draft party. Are you going to the draft party for the Mystics? Oh, I'm, going, I'm going to New York. Oh yeah, you're going. I'll be at the Mystics draft party situation and now that's all changed and i'm sure i've gotten some emails i need to address i need to make some calls (laughs) figure out how we're gonna do it now oh we were talking about number one picks we were talking about number one picks and now the whole script has been flipped my first reaction to all this my first reaction to all this nia cloud into dc baby bring my girl here bring (laughs) my girl here because that's the number three pick i have her slotted at the fourth pick so maybe this is shakira austin who knows? That's the, that's who's been slotted there. I think that it's Nia Cloudin. Well, I don't know if they need a guard. I don't know what's happening. Oh my oh. god, this is this is crazy. Yeah. Okay, this is mind boggling. Drafts on drafts on Monday. I don't know. Monday. I had something to say about the draft that I totally forgot what I was going to say. Um, because of this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I have no I have no clue what I was going to say. <laughs> Do they even have two spots for another pick? I don't even know. Like that's I mean. The three pick that changes everything. Like, you well, know, two picks. depending upon it, if Melissa, yeah, Melissa Smith will probably go number one now, right? To Atlanta. I don't know. Why wouldn't they be, take it her? Could be Howard. Well, it could be Howard or Smith. Well, Howard, yeah. It could be Howard. Or but Smith. I think they'll take Smith. They'll take Smith. They'll take Smith. I thought. I thought. Yeah. Washington would take Smith. Melissa thought, Smith from Baylor. So, so my whole thing with Washington was, they're going to take Howard because she's more. She's more ready to contribute on this particular team, and she has um she has a kind okay. of skill set that fits in because like you know, uh, Maisha is a four, Elena is a four five. Like, right? They, they had a lot of players at the four, so it was stocked up um, Smith's development. So my thought was, okay, Howard fits everywhere. So as soon yeah. as she can yeah. fit in the top, in the backcourt early in her career, and then as her career goes on, you can fit, find the right spot for her. Mm-hmm. Now though, I think you're right. Like I think yeah. the higher ceiling players probably an Alyssa Smith yeah now this could also be a thing too where like the mystics know that like the fever are gonna take someone that is unexpected and they have oh. a beat. they have a beat on that if you remember Marion Stanley and the Marion Stanley and the and the team Hall of Famer Hall of Famer mm-hmm. Hall of Famer Marion Stanley uh, and Lynn Dunn also Hall of Famer right yeah was in the Hall of Fame. um oh god I need a lot I need a lot to process <laughs> I can't believe they freaking, I cannot believe they did this to me, to me particularly. At least we have some days to process it, but wow, that's a big move. That's a big move for the Mystics and the WNBA. (laughs) Well, we'll wrap. Let's make our predictions. Let's make our predictions. So your your prediction is Smith goes first. I say Nelissa Smith. And then uh, if Washington has the third pick, I think they'll go with Austin. Okay, so then we're going Howard second. To, Howard to, second, yeah. Howard second. I think those two go one, two, no matter what. Yeah, one, two. Okay, so then uh, our third pick. So you're, you're saying who? To Austin? I'm saying Shakir Austin. And I know you went with Cloudin. It just depends on what he wants from that spot. Uh, I got to see the depth chart. I got to see the depth chart. I mean, Cloudin uh, is a toughie, and she would be coming back home, too. We're talking about that, too. Yeah, right. Transfer stuff. Well, and like she, you know, they Cloud and Atkins are in the backcourt. Obviously, we we all know this. Um, I mean, Austin would fit in nicely as a 
I don't know. I think they Just need more. Size. I think they, yeah. but I think they need more of a guard. I think they need more of a okay. bench scorer than okay. they do. Uh, than they need a a bench scoring backcourt player. Than they need a center. Okay. And to me, and to me, like Nia Cloudon is a dead ringer for yeah. Kelsey Plum. Yeah. So, um, bring bring my girl here. Bring my girl here. <laughs> you just want Nia Cloudon to come back home. <laughs> and I want to be. <laughs> You know what? I love Nia Cloud and I really love her as a player, but I want to be right. Okay. I want to be yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. And I, I've been saying this, you know, this I've been saying this for a while. Bring her home. Okay. If she, if she does, you have to wear a shirt the first game. So. I was going to wear the shirt to the draft. <laughs> anyway. Oh, but good. I was going to have there. that. Was, She's going. Yeah, I know. I was going to, I was going to wear it just in case it's sorry. Uh, oh gosh. But That's it might awesome. be inappropriate. I don't know. No, you have to wear it or wear it under a suit jacket. Yeah. Like, Owings Mills. Hook it up. Yeah, she's from up the street. Yeah, she has a lot of family. She has a lot of family in East Lansing, though, too, which is why she decided to go there. So a lot of extended family there. Anya, Anya gets that makes pause. All right, Christy, can we, we got sign off. <laughs> All right, we gotta get out of here. All right, well that does it for this edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe. Wait, 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 wait. For this rewind, rewind. I know. I was like, it's, there was a lot of information today. That does it for this edition of. Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. Oh boy, we have some WNBA drafts, some portaling news probably by next week as well, but we will bring it all to you right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. For Gabe Ibrahim, I'm Christy Winter-Scott, and we will see you next time. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.